Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. I'm Tom Rebeck and today I'm here with Ibrahim Kassaji. We're going to talk about the private networks tracker. Now we've done this, I think this is the third time we've done it. We've talked about it a couple of times in previous years in the in the podcast. But before we go to the detail, it's probably still worth going through just the details of what the, what the tracker is. So Ibrahim, I'll hand over to you. Yeah, so the private networks tracker, so we've been running it for a couple of years now, and we're basically following all the announcements made by people in private networks industry of networks that have been deployed. So it's not representative of the entire market because it's only including networks that have been announced publicly. And obviously, there's a lot more networks which which aren't announced publicly. So it's not uh, capturing the entire market, but it still kind of gives a guide of what's going on. So we're capturing details on who's the main contractor for the network, who's the customer, uh, what sector and application, the technology. Technology, uh, a regional uh, geographic trends as well. So we've been looking at how these trends have been evolving over the last two or three years. Okay, great. Um, in a minute, we'll look at what's changed in this latest tracker compared to a year ago. But before we do that, uh, Ibrahim, you've bravely agreed to look at the predictions we made this time last year uh, about our expectations for 2022 and compare them with what actually happened. So do you want to pick up on those the predictions that we made on last year's pod? Yeah, so uh, I think it's only brave because we weren't miles off. Otherwise, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. <laughs> but yeah, so last year we made two predictions. First, we said, um, so we asked what percentage of new networks in 2022 would use 5G? And we said that would be 75%. So the actual data for up to nine months of 2022 is 74% 5G. So we came in pretty close. And then we also predicted 20%, maybe 25% of new networks will mention Edge. And that number is 23%. So again, we're, we're kind of in the right ballpark. Yeah, on Edge, I was a bit surprised because I remember when I made the announcement, I thought that might be a bit high given uh, kind of Edge has been uh, in private networks, hasn't developed as much as we'd like. But um, it, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit more later. But um, yeah, that did come in a little bit higher than we thought. So there's a bit more. We were a bit conservative on Edge, but uh, we were pretty spot on on the 5G side. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of it is because the the networks where they this is often from a press release. There's a press release. They're not going to be putting out a press release if it's a, a fairly standard LTE network with no no edge or nothing particularly interesting about it. So they they, they do bias towards the more the more interesting networks. Um, let, let's get on to what's changed between this year and last year. First of all, just in terms of the number, the pure number of deployments. Yeah, so this time last year, uh, 3Q2021, uh, we had 256 networks in the tracker, and we now have 363. So actually, that's slightly less in terms of net ads compared to 2020 to 2021, uh, not by much, just just kind of a few less. But I think what is interesting is kind of what's not in the tracker and kind of what we're hearing outside from, from kind of non-public data in our conversations with vendors and operators is kind of the gap between the number in the tracker, 363, and the total number in the entire market. That gap is getting bigger. And Part of that is because we're hearing about customers who have had private networks for a few years now, and they're kind of moving beyond just one network. So they're deploying multi-site. So, uh, you know, for example, it could be a mining company and they've got several mines and they start off with a network in one mine. And once the network is running and working well, they then extend the contract to other mines. But there's not necessarily a press release every time they go to a new mine. And, and some of those companies that have been around a long time, you know, they could have several or dozens of networks even that, that aren't in the public domain. And, and as this market evolves, you know, it, it's, it, 
it's sometimes easy to forget that it's still quite a new market, um, especially in the 5G side. It's only been around a few years. So um, a lot of companies are starting small, but they will gradually expand over time. So that kind of gap between what we see in public announcements and, and the total market is, is going to get bigger and bigger. And the, the true number of network is, is going to be in the thousands rather than the hundreds. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's encouraging in part that these lots of these companies, they've had it at one site, it's been successful, it's it's met their objectives and now they're expanding it into to other sites. Okay, let's talk about the, the next topic on our list was to talk about the, the share of these networks that's 5G. Now you said earlier that what 74% of the new announcements were, were, were 5G. So how does that compare with what we were looking at a year ago? Yeah, so um, so a year ago it was about fifty five, I think yeah, fifty five percent of new networks for five G. So that's gone up to seventy four percent. And what's that's done? So if you look at all networks now, not just new ones. Uh, so the five G share of all networks has gone up from forty three percent in twenty twenty one to forty eight percent in twenty twenty two so far. Yeah, so around about fifty percent. Having said that, um, I think we discussed this last year as well, but important to emphasize that doesn't necessarily mean half of all private networks today are 5g because you know firstly you know a contract is more likely to announce a 5g announcement than lte just because the interest in 5g and and going back to the point before of you know the, the more mature ones lte networks there, there could be several of those networks uh, that are just not announced every time so the true 5g share we think is probably somewhere between 25 and 30 percent but i think even that difference in itself is interesting because it, it kind of shows that operators and vendors they're they're using private networks to kind of promote 5g and so it's show it as you know, an example of, of 5G in action, even if the reality is it's, it's still mostly LTE. Yeah, but, e- but even if the reality is 25, 30%, that's still quite a high proportion of the total of the total networks. I think we also see companies that started out with 4G networks gradually transitioning to 5G in, the, in these private networks. Yeah, um, and one thing I'd add is um, now that we're starting to get quite a lot of data, you, you can dig into kind of the regional splits as well. And we can see there's a bit of variation there. So for example, in, in Western Europe, the 5G share uh, of the public announcements is 59%. And on the other side, in North America, it's only 26%, which would seem surprising given North America is a developed market with lots of IoT, but it's really down to the use of CBRS um, spectrum in the US. So it's kind of opened up the market where you're getting all sorts of specialist network providers and the type of networks being deployed there are quite different from the rest of the world. We're seeing a lot in education, so at schools or universities. And, and obviously for those networks, you don't really need 5G. It's about providing simple connectivity to students. So they're using LTE. So that's kind of bumped up the LTE share in North America. So so yeah, so a bit of regional variation as well, which is which is interesting. Yeah, I guess, yeah, uh, like you say, lots of those US networks are more about coverage than ne- needing to support advanced applications. There's also the thing about uh, different l- labeling. So AWS has its private 5G service, which is, uh, yeah. if you look at the detail, just, just 4G uh, on the CBRS spectrum. Okay, a few more topics. So it's so a main contractor. How, how has that changed in the, in the past year? Um, so this hasn't changed a huge amount. The operator's share has gone up a bit from 32% to 36%. So network equipment providers are still the number one provider. So the likes of Ericsson, Nokia and Huawei. But their share is kind of slowly slowly declining as, as other people come to the market. Um, so as I said, the operator's share is going up a bit. Um, especially the 5G networks, operators tend to be more involved compared to the LTE ones. But then also, if you look at everyone else, so it's kind of specialist providers, systems integrators. So that share is almost 20% now. 
uh, so up from about 18%. So it's going quite slowly, but what we are seeing more and more of these smaller players come to market. They don't have a huge number of networks themselves. It might only be one or two, but uh, increasingly those smaller players are, are, are getting yeah. involved as well. And that tends to be the smaller specialist players rather than the big systems integrators. We still haven't seen much from the big, the, the kind of Accentures and, and, and the like in these sort of projects. Yeah, it tends to be, so the systems integrators we're talking about, they tend to be very local players. So they have expertise in the area. So someone like Iskratel in Central Europe, yeah. where, yeah, they, they have the local expertise. And so they're kind of more suited to, to these very local individual departments. Yeah, kind of small specialist players, maybe had a background in things like Tetra and then moving into to LTE rather than the big global uh, systems integrators. Okay, um, then the sector and applications split have those changed in the last year yeah so um so so one thing we've done a bit differently this year is so last year we had this big category called general connectivity and we included uh, networks where it wasn't very clear in the press release what was what was the application was so we kind of put it in this general uh, connectivity bucket so uh, this time we've kind of we've got rid of that and we're only focusing on networks where something specific is mentioned so the top three is it's still the same as last year actually so industrial equipment is is the top individual application uh, agvs and autonomous vehicles is second and then asset, asset tracking so that hasn't changed too much but where we are seeing a bit more change is that, that there's a few more of these very advanced applications so things like robotics ar vr digital twin so they're they're, they're still less than 10 percent of of networks where it's the main application so it's still small but that is growing and that's coming from these 5g networks where yeah uh you know it, it may just be kind of trials and tests at this stage but they're at least exploring some of these you know more advanced applications with high bandwidth or low latency requirements okay um and and finally do you want to say anything about the different sectors has there been much change there i think it's still like dominated by manufacturing at least in terms of the number of networks yeah so still manufacturing is the top one so 31% of networks uh, almost identical to 2021 so if you look at which are the fastest growing so utilities uh, so like 55% increase on last year and healthcare is the number of networks doubled so both like they're coming from a very low base so we shouldn't read too much into that but it, there is kind of fast growth there um, and what's interesting with those two is they are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of 5g so in utilities so less than 20 percent of those are 5g they're pretty much all mostly lte networks whereas in healthcare 69 uh, percent of those are 5g networks and i think that kind of reflects the type of applications that are being deployed so in, in healthcare it, it tends to be hospitals and they're, they're trying out these quite advanced use cases like uh, you know massive amounts of data transfer or, uh, you know, remote surgery or, you know, AR, VR training, that sort of thing. So those applications where 5G is needed. Uh, and on the other side, for utilities, you tend to get sites like power stations or transmission stations where there's there's not a huge amount of people on site and it's just about uh, it's more, yeah, it's still more, more, more conservative. Yeah, so uh, kind of LTE is perfectly fine for those. So they're, they're not looking for 5G just yet. Okay, good. Um, and then the final thing to touch on is around edge adoption within these private networks. How's that? Well, you started off at the beginning, it was sort of 23%, was it you said? Yeah, so 23% of new networks this year have mentioned edge. So that's up from 17% last year. So it's still pretty small, but um, slowly increasing. Yeah, it's interesting conversations I've had with operators. They've kind of said it Edge has been growing much slower than they expected. They thought it'd start picking up by now. It hasn't quite yet, but 
they they are saying that they're, they're expected to pick up in the next couple of years. I mean, admittedly, they've been saying that <laughs> the last couple of years, but but I think just from the numbers we've seen, seventeen up to twenty three, we we should see a bit more of, of that continue to grow. Yeah. And he's a quarter of a new network announcements. It's, it's not, again, it's not nothing. Okay, great. Thank you very much for that, Ibrahim. So this report is available on our website as a, as a free download. We'll include the, the link to that in the, in the show notes. There's plenty more on private networks on our website. So please explore. And if you would like to automatically receive future episodes, please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. We also welcome any comments, feedback and reviews. So thank you for listening.